The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Missions, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott McClelland here for your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for being with us again. Appreciate you uh, joining the Leadership Moment. If you know a person that comes to mind right now who's studying the subject of leadership, uh, make sure you refer them to our content, either here at leadersmoment.org or on the FX Missions website. we got a lot of stuff out there, and we're stoked today. Maybe that reveals my age a little bit. Brian Morricon is here with us. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Scott. I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm stoked, too. Stoked like, is that tell how old I am? I, I think know. it's still cool. There's a cold brew coffee named Stoked that's still on the <laughs> shelves. So I think it's it's still cool. Yes. Relevance. I search for it with uh, <laughs> some consistency. So, yes, I'm old, but I'm still stoked. Yeah. Brian, thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We've seen your travels from afar. And, of course, you've been off the road for a while. I think we met in, I'm just trying to think of the year. Uh, would have been 2010, something like That's that. That's about right. Yep. Yeah. We were both living in Carolina at the time. I was able to invite you to some of those fabled man nights. Yes, that's right. At the office. That was, I'll never forget you swinging the kettlebell. I got to say that. <laughs> it may have been my first burpee. You might have introduced me to the burpee. I'm pretty sure you did. Well, you've, you've gone on to pass me. I've got to say you're in a lot better shape than me right now. <laughs> I'm quite certain. Of course, we're not here to talk about exercise. I'd love to talk a little bit about you and your family and your music. And and obviously, we're here to talk in general about leadership. There's a couple of guys we're going to talk about that have been you know, influential or informative in your perspective of leadership, uh, maybe particularly to your music or spiritual depth. So, yeah, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, do I remember right? Now, you're one of those courageous souls. Would you consider yourself a millennial? I have looked at this, and it depends on where you get your year facts from. Some people uh -huh. will say it begins at uh, 82, 83. I was born in 81. So, that ah. I, by some measures, I think by Wikipedia standard, I, I just made the cutoff, and I'm I'm the last of the millennials. 
<laughs> or, or the first in the millennials. Right, right, say, right, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, we're separated by a clean decade. Let me just say that because I'm. Uh, I was born in '69, and please don't tune out everyone right now. I'm still alive. And the reason I ask that millennials get a lot of attention in the social space these days, right? You know, to the plus, probably to the minus. But for me, you guys represent a young and upcoming family. You know, you've been doing some stuff with the Lord and for the Lord for some time. Mm -hmm. You took a year. Was it a year you guys took on the road? That makes me think millennial right there is why I'm asking. Right. That's kind of the classic millennial thing to do, right? We're going to pack up our whole family and take a RV trip on the road for a year. Yeah, which we did. So we were lived in Charlotte there for five years, and then our life was set up to to live mobile. You know, my work was, was remote. The kids were homeschooled and it was really my wife's dream. We wanted to take this RV trip around the country. And my dad said, well, why don't you rent an RV and try it out for a month? I said, dad, if I do that, I will never do this. (laughs) I gotta go, I gotta go all in. And so I really wanted God just to tell me what to do, whether to pack up and take this big trip around the country, you know, with my young family, the kids were 10, eight and two at the time, our three kids. And wow. I was like, Lord, should we take this trip? Should we, you know, leave our community in Charlotte? And, and I was rereading Dallas Willard's book, Hearing God at the time, which is one of the best books on divine guidance and and hearing from the Lord that exists. And in it, Dallas was talking about how we should not seek to hear from the Lord in order to secure being right or being safe, to have this like perfect outcome. He compared it, the extreme example is Saul in the Old Testament, who Mm -hmm. is, you know, trying to go out to battle and has been unfaithful to the Lord. And and Samuel's dead at that point, and he wants Samuel's advice. So he actually goes and gets this witch to conjure up Samuel, right? Oh, and right. To, like, tell me what to do, Samuel. Like, you know, are we going to win this mm-hmm. battle? What do I do? And mm-hmm. Samuel is like, why have you called me up from the dead? Like, you're going to die tomorrow. But he was, why was Saul doing it? He wasn't doing it because he wanted to please the Lord. He was doing mm-hmm. it because he wanted mm-hmm. to be right and be safe and to have the answer, right? That's an extreme example. But I found in my life that I was seeking the Lord at times, like, just, just tell me the thing to do so I can be right. I can be safe. I can be okay. And that it's all going to turn out all right not for his sake, but just for my own (laughs) fear of pain. Mm. And what I sensed the Lord's reply was, whatever you do, Brian, I'll be with you. If you go on this trip, I'll be with you. If you don't and you stay in Charlotte, I'll be with you. And it was kind of this invitation to learn how to make decisions with the Lord, but not him telling me exactly what to do. That's what a great leader does. They empower other people to make decisions. You know, and sometimes Mm. the Lord will say, don't do it. Bad idea, right? (laughs) (laughs) And he's done that in in my life. And sometimes there's a clear call to obedience. Yeah, go do that thing. But in this case, it was this 
decision that was put out there to me, kind of with open hands, and I'll be with you either way. And so we decided to to go for it and packed up everything. Uh, we were just renting, so we just put everything, you know, sold a lot of stuff and moved down to Florida where we bought the uh, camper from a relative in Florida and got our mm-hmm. driver's license there because the government likes you to have a, a place that you say that you live. And then we just, <laughs> and then we set out from there and just kind of two weeks at a time living on the road. And some, when I tell people about this, some people are like, that's amazing. And then other people mm-hmm. who really pause and think about it and they say, okay, five people, 300 square feet, you know, living on the road sounds like a nightmare. And, <laughs> and in truth, it was both heaven and hell, depending mm-hmm. on the day, because yeah. the small spaces, you know, and being outside the community like that, it'll squeeze some stuff out of you. It was quite the well adventure. Characterized. Well yeah. characterized. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot, learned a lot about ourselves and got to see some cool places. But yeah, in the end, it led us back down to Florida where we never expected to live. And, and that's where we're at now and settled down the Tampa area mm. in a wheelless house. Now we're actually <laughs> in a real brick and mortar home. Our friend along the way gave us a book. Uh, she was a, a pastor, amazing lady. And we we're about halfway through our trip. And she handed me this book called The Wisdom of Stability by Jonathan Wilson mm. Hargrove. And that was her little not so subtle way of saying it would be good for you guys to to uh, root down <laughs> somewhere and not just wander. Wow. So that's, that's what we've done. Was it a full year or was it a little more? I'm trying to remember you told me this. Yeah, it was a full year of actually traveling. And then we lived mm-hmm. in the camper another six months after we got to Florida. Well, can you give us in brief where all you guys got to? Obviously, the time served is <laughs> yeah. you know, all its own. But, uh, you know, so we started off in Florida and took about two weeks at a time because, and this is for anyone thinking about doing this, if you're going out long-term, it really takes a good couple weeks at a place to make it worth it, in our opinion, to set up camp, to get into a rhythm of life, to find out where you're mm-hmm. going to school the kids, find a coffee shop to work in, those kinds of things, and and then move on. Yeah, so we cut across the southern states, you know, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, spent a lot of time in Texas. You know how Texas is surprisingly beautiful, uh, especially West Texas, the Davis Mountains, Mm -hmm. you know, then cut up to New Mexico, Colorado, came back through Iowa. My wife had some family there and and Mm -hmm. we were getting great internet speeds out in the cornfields of (laughs) Iowa. I was hot spotting it out there. I was pretty amazed. And then northern states michigan and places like that and hit a lot of state park that was our mainstay Mm. as far as places to go and stay because just you could get state park passes and Mm. just some really beautiful places yeah cut across the back and then east down through the east coast and back to florida so about a year loop and we were going to go out another year and try and make it all the way out to california but our marriage and our finances and our family could not sustain that and ended up staying in Florida. Wow. Well, maybe a retirement trip. Maybe you'll do it later. Maybe so. Maybe so. (laughs) I see you went right up to the Continental Divide, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's right. It would have been difficult to get that 
36 foot fifth wheel <laughs> through some of those places. Yes. Switchbacks yeah. on the other side. Exactly. We got some stories. Yeah. Some <laughs> close wow. calls. Yeah. Well, you know, when you challenge yourself, you get a story out of it. That's for sure. That's absolutely right. My friend, Philippe from Brazil, we did a joint missions gig. I guess it was maybe a couple of years ago. He came from Brazil and we did some stuff in Mexico together. And uh, it was a like a trek for him. You probably met Philippe. I don't know. Anyway, he was sleeping in airports and, you know, just trying to get there. And Brazil's a yeah. long way from North America. So, yeah. When he was talking about it with me, he said, when you challenge yourself, you get a story. You guys got a story. Are That's you going to write a book? Right. Are, I bet you could. Well, we I bet you got source material there. You got it there, man. <laughs> yeah. Dirt bagging is what the climbers yeah. call it. Dirt bagging the lower 48 <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> wow. Very, very yeah, we, cool, we, For sure. That's absolutely right. And that, for me personally, that was one of the appeals of it. I mean, first of all, I wanted to invest into my wife's dreams. She had done that plenty of times for me. And then also just that stretching experience. And for me, I, I've never been a very mechanical guy. My father always was, but I was just kind of the geek who was into computers and stuff. And so getting out there with this big 7.3 liter diesel 2001 <laughs> Ford F-350, yeah. you know, which I had no idea what, even what that meant before. You, this you came to know it. <laughs> I had barely driven a truck that big, much less that yeah. truck pulling a 36 yeah. foot thing. You know, you're three quarters of the way to a semi truck trailer mm -hmm. there with this rig. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, boy, was I white knuckling it the first time <laughs> around the block, you know, but it's just like getting, taking your body and putting it somewhere that is uncomfortable and is going to stretch you. There is no substitute for that. There's no amount of reading. There's no amount of podcast listening <laughs> that is going to substitute for taking your body and putting it in a situation that stretches you and it did and just you know getting under the camper it was a it was an older used camper so there was work to be done you know and unhooking the poop pipe and that stuff mm -hmm. spilling out on you and mm -hmm. like it, you know all that just that stuff of just getting in there getting dirty hooking up the camper that big old bolt and throwing the bolt closed and it's just it's just good to get your body into it you know man because that changes your soul. Yeah, absolutely does. I think we think maybe today there's some substitutes, you know, some workarounds. But mm -hmm. I like your point there. That's not really real. It doesn't have the same outcome that you get from, you know, what I what I used to when, when I was growing up, I I had this idea to do a few things. And I'm talking about as a second or third grader. Let me do this just to see if I can take it. <laughs> Sadly, and, and to my celebration, that's kind of in my composition. <laughs> yeah. So, but like yeah. what? You got to give us an example there. It's like what? Well, I remember one time when I was in, uh, I think I was in second grade. It was winter as much as it gets where I was raised on the Texas Gulf Coast. So it's probably, you know, in the 40s, something like that. 
my mom left and she left me home and she said, look, you know, be good, whatever, you know, stay out of trouble. So I had this little jacket, you know, a little thin jacket and it was a buckskin jacket complete with the fringes. You, hmm. You'll remember the type. Anyway, she was gone. She said, I'm going to be gone for a couple hours and I'll be back. And I said, hmm, okay. She left. I, you know, made sure the car got all the way away. And I said, I wonder if I lock myself out right now, if I can take it. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so I did it. You know, I had an idea that I was going to try to start a fire or something else. And you were how old? I was seven huh. at the time. I think I always had that in there naturally. And most people in most of my encounters with other people about that kind of thing coming up, growing up, they were like, eh. <laughs> I think they thought that my I was going to somehow, you know, rope them into my seeing if I could take it, see if they could take it. <laughs> I almost got met with universal resistance on that until one time I was in my early 20s. I got a new Got a new truck, a new four-wheel drive, Nissan Pathfinder, truck of the year, you know, whatever, SUV of the year. And I said, all right, I rounded up a bunch of guys and I said, we're going to just get in the woods and see what happens here. Of course, I was raised in that kind of environment. <laughs> and we, of course, found a home for that thing <laughs> in the middle of the night and the water. You know, we hiked out and found a guy with a tractor, you know, pulled us out. And after that, one of the guys in the group said, that's a gift from God that you have mm. to push the envelope. And I kind of looked at him like, that's not what everybody else says. <laughs> but I, I think, think he was right. right. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. He is. I embraced that. Uh, to yeah. think of you at seven. My son is seven right now, and I cannot mm. imagine him doing such a thing. <laughs> Yeah, and, I would. You, I you was. Know, he's, he's maybe on the other end of the, the spectrum, you know, a little <laughs> bit too afraid to venture out into things. Mm. But to think of you as that little seven year old boy, just just trying, trying this stuff. Yeah. Boy, that is a gift, you know, and, and uh, maybe that's what led to you being an entrepreneur or starting a business and doing these other things, yes. you know, that God given gift of going for it. Yeah. You know, like some of the other stuff that we did when you were around, we, you know, we we were doing, you know, a variety of things that were kind of challenging, maybe still doing some of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is a gift. And for some people, it can be a trial. Uh, maybe it's both, you know, but I'm thankful to be a little bit audacious. And I've also learned that's not everybody's gift. You know, not everybody has that and not, and not everybody should be expected I think we shape each other with our gifts, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm supposed to help encourage and shape you, you know, and you're supposed to do the same for me with your gifts. So yeah, thank God for right. that. I'm, I'm happy for that. And I appreciate the giftedness and the contribution of each person. And I've grown a little bit to not be so focused on what I have to give, but also, to you know, the mutuality of it is very important to me. That's right. Yeah. Focused mm -hmm. on what you have to give or expecting other people to have that same attitude mm -hmm. as yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I didn't plan to get into that, but I'm glad we did. <laughs> so <clears throat> in summary of your trip, you survived, you learned a lot about your stuff. You challenged yourself. You got, you got, uh, you got out there, you served your 
wife's dream, which I think is so honorable, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know how well I served it, you know, because I was, you know, tentative along the way and maybe a little more, a little less courageous than I, I wish I would have been along the trip. Yeah. But yeah, still, like you said, we we made it through, learned a lot, learned a lot about the value of community by not having it. That was mm. one of the biggest lessons is, wow, a community is, is so important. I, you know, we thought we'd miss all the creature comforts, but you actually, you get used to that after a while. Yeah. I mean, the first month or two of, you know, you're all in this tiny little shower, <laughs> you know, five people trying to <laughs> manage that, you know, the water pressure is abysmal. All of that you, you get used to and even thankful for the limitations of the things which we assume to be unlimited you know, water, internet, Mm -hmm. all those things become limited and you become more thankful for them. But community, we never really got used to to not having that. And Mm -hmm. and that took its toll on us, how much we need each other. Uh, And not just occasional meetups here and there, but consistent friends and community. Mm, Man. Well, I, I would speculate that you didn't anticipate that on your push off. Like you're saying, you were thinking this is going to get crowded. It's going to get whatever. Right. But it was uh, an unexpected gift. That was. Yep. Mm. That's right. Powerful. Powerful. Well, we'll get you over. We're going to get you over on the From the Forefront podcast here before long to talk about in some, you know, at some length about your music and and about, you know, maybe your journey and in, in Christ and how you've uh, come to where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that, when activated in your own life, will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.